you may not know his face. Hey, look at this, look at this, look at this. Oh! But if you recognize his voice. Oh, yes. You're among the devoted followers who watch him chase breaking news on CBS2 and KCAL 9 News. Stolen vehicle uh, officers, weapons out. In the air and now on a mic. That's kind of nuts. Here's Stu Mundell. <laughs> Podcast number three. We're, we're new. We're wet. We're, we're we're just we're just get we're just getting going here. Uh, uh, just letting you guys know. Podcast. I know that we're getting out on a bunch of other uh, other types of ways to get us. You can get us on the CBSLA website. You can get us on iTunes. And I understand one of my friends just texted me. Uh, there's some other hip ways to get a hold. But subscribe. Don't just go listen. Subscribe. Let these people know that uh, that you're listening and you're, you're hopefully you're enjoying it. But let these people know that you're uh, that you're there for them so we can keep making these uh, great podcasts I'm gonna go ahead and jump right in right now today we are interviewing Henrik Bastin now who you know people are gonna say who and uh, in the, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw out another who he is the producer and we're gonna learn the guy who actually brought us the television version of Bosch Bosch is a television show on Amazon this is gonna be season four we know there's a season five coming uh, but season four is dropping soon. Anyways, Bosch is a detective show. Anybody who's into the crime and into the uh, LAPD and uh, law enforcement in general, and also Los Angeles. If you any of the locals are going to watch this and be like, I know where that is. I know where that is. I've been there. Oh, I got to try that. But if you're not local and you just want to see some L.A., that it, it is it is a way to really kind of get to learn about L.A. or see L.A. without like taking a tour. Bosch. Detective, LAPD, begrudging, awesome. He's a great guy. And uh, we're going to jump right in. Henrik Baskin, the uh, producer of uh, Bosch, awesome show. How did you get involved in the project? Well, for me, I have been a fan of Michael Conley's books, uh, you know, for 20 years or something like that. Actually, I'm from Sweden, but I was traveling in L.A. for business, and I picked up a copy of his books in the airport, as as many people have done over the years, and I read it. That was my first Bosch book. It was probably mid-'90s somewhere, and I became a huge uh, Michael Conley fan and read his books through the years. And when I eventually, around 2009, moved to Los Angeles from Sweden, Um, I checked in with my then agents, like, why has no one done this series into a TV show? And, you know, the answer I got is these rights have been tied up in a deal, Um, you know, it's going to stay in that deal with Paramount for a long time. There's nothing you can do about it. And I was bummed. But I kept thinking on it from time to time. And then one of these things that happens um, in Hollywood, uh, you get a meeting with someone who mentioned that Michael Conley was going to get these rights back. And I, this, this guy had a connection to Michael Conley. So I said, do me one favor. If I write a letter to Michael Conley, get it in front of him. Um, so I wrote a letter to an actual old school letter uh, to Michael Conley talking about my passion for the project and uh, that I would love to, if he was thinking of doing anything with it, um, if he would consider talking to me. And then, and this I've heard afterwards, I became the guy to Michael Conley's manager that kept calling once once a week or twice a week and eventually his manager said to michael's like can you get a like meeting with this guy because i need him off my phone sheet you just wear him down yeah so that yeah i really wore him down and i eventually after a couple of months um of um nagging his manager me and michael met over breakfast um at the standard hotel in los angeles and another iconic la area yes and uh 
this was back in December of 2011, and that kind of where this started. So wow. I started as a fan, fanboy, uh, and you know, this is you know, this is really this is news for me. I like we we've we've been on social media. We met yeah. one time and actually one time in person. So this is a, this is great. So you were actually a fan. Yes. That, uh, you know, obviously a, a producer, but yes. you're a fan that actually made the, made the effort to, to get a hold of yes. Michael Conley, Mr. Yes. Conley, as we like to call him, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and made this happen. That's yes. amazing. So when you were reading the books originally, um, was L.A. an actual, was, because he is very L.A. based in the books, all of them, everything that he writes, it's all very... Uh, distinct. Everything that's in there is something that's real. Yeah. So when you were reading these, was that already in your mind? Was that the vision to have these actual places in yeah. the? Yeah, and I I think that Michael would agree with me. One of the reasons that you know, besides my good looks, that he actually went and did this with me, that I approached this from the books. I have really read these books. I've read yeah. them numerous <clears throat> times, and we very quickly realized that we were talking about an adaptation that we wanted to take the books, the books as close as they can do into television. The, you know, the, the house, we talked at length about the house. And, you know, when I talked about how I saw it, he's like, that's the house I've described. Um, so I think that was a big piece of, for me, I got to know LA through Michael's books. Wow. You know, that's, you know, I'd been here from the occasional meetings and stuff like that, but I never spent any real time in LA um, before I moved here. But I knew my LA through, of course, a lot of movies and TV and stuff, but very much through Michael's books. So, uh, so let's get right into the, well, for, you know, now it's, it opens up like all these other boxes, the other doors. So let's get right into the, the location stuff. So, yep. uh, you know, El Compadre, you know, I, I want to talk, we're going to talk about El Compadre, but uh, where they're shooting has always been a, has been a big thing. And anybody who's in the business, you know, when you watch it, the Hollywood station stuff, is that really Hollywood station? Yes and no. The, when we did the pilot, we did the pilot first, right. uh, and then you don't want to build any sets or anything like that because you don't know if it's going to be an actual season and you want to be as cost effective. So through Michael Conley, and this is a testament to his connection to the city and the LAPD, uh, they allowed us to shoot the pilot in the real Hollywood station wow. on Wilcox. So we got, they basically said, the, you know, our most down hours are, I think it was like Tuesday uh, between like 1 p.m. and like 4. That's <laughs> so, like so. So when crime is yeah. Down, so when, when crime is down, down. So we went in yeah. there. We had four or five hours to go in there and shoot. And there was like actual, you know, uh, drunks sitting on the bench with handcuffs as right. we were shooting. So we shot the pilot. That's shot inside of the real Hollywood station. That. And then we got picked up the series. We realized we're not going to do that again. Uh, so what we did was we built a scale replica of um, Wilcox Station down to the scuff marks, uh, you know, basically 10 blocks from there where we are in Red Studios. Uh, we built the Hollywood Station. Uh, and it's interesting when, you know, we have a lot of cops um, that come swings by because they want, you know, fans right. of the show and want to see them. When they walk in to our Hollywood Station, it's... I can't tell you how much fun it is to see because they can't see the difference. That that is, you know, and and uh, and anybody watching, you know, it, I I it's seamless. I, yeah. The pilot when you first saw it, I, I I of course I was like, how are they? 
wow, that looks so realistic. And then, uh, and then later on, we find out yeah. that now that they actually built a set. Okay, so you know, we, I jumped right into this. Uh, Bosch, huge on my plate, um, and so many other people. And it's one of those things where if you watch it and you become a fan, like I actually did the reverse. I saw the show, realized there was a book, and then That's got fantastic. all. Then, then I and I am on. Um, I'm doing the late show right now. Yep. That's the one that the book yep. that I'm on right now. But for those of you uh, who are on the podcast or listening to the podcast and saying, "What Bosch? What are we talking about? Power tools?" It's a <laughs> it's a show. And uh, just uh, for for anybody who doesn't know, just give a rundown, a description. What is Bosch? So Bosch uh, is a television show based on Michael Conley's The Otters. Um, iconic, I would say, book series about Detective Harry Bosch, an LAPD detective working the homicide uh, division in um, both robbery homicide, depending on which book it is, and Hollywood homicide. It is a noir, um, character-driven show. And I would describe the books as the same. It's all about the characters. The cases are fantastic. They're riveting and have twists and turns. But this has always been about the character Harry Bosch and the other people who populates his word uh, world. Uh, it is, I would say, it's the series is very realistic. We try to make the procedural aspect of cop work uh, shown in not in its glory, but how actually tedious it well, can be. That's, you know, that's one of the things that I get interaction with. Um, I, there's law enforcement, there's people that are in law enforcement that chat with me. And then of course there's, uh, you know, fans of the law enforcement. And that is something that everybody brings up is how um, accurate it is, how yep. realistic it is. Uh, you know, tends to, a lot of times for the shows, they tend to be, you know, dramatic. Yeah. It, but this one seems to be, on the on the side of more realistic yeah. and it no, is it, it, i think it is very realistic of course we comprise and um compress time because yeah. you have to do that otherwise like you can't tell a story and you know harry bosch gets more cases than you know any real police detective otherwise we wouldn't have a show but the actual cases and how they are investigated are exactly how you know lapd yeah. would approach a case and you know i think that has always been a hallmark of michael's books so when we did the show, one of the first thing he said, I want to bring in my um, technical consultants, uh, Tim Marsha, Rick Jackson, and Mitzi Roberts. And I think they are the, the ones that we have to thank for being so authentic. They give us a lot of if we try to take shortcuts and they say, no, this is how we're going to do it. Um, you know, you don't, there is no CSI moment. You just don't run like a bullet through some wizard <laughs> machine. It's like you have to go there and there's a line. Yeah. Um, and that's how it is. Get off your butt and knock on some doors. Exactly. So, okay, let's get back to, um, to some of the, uh, the, the Hollywood stuff. Let's, let's do a little <laughs> Hollywood stuff. So El Compadre, Musso and Franks, obviously yep. those are not sets. Nope, they're not. They're not sets. Yep. So how does that work? Yeah, you guys go there, you, you, you close it down. You yep. have to keep the wait staff, right? Yeah, well, we don't have to, but we want to. Again, if we can have a waiter play a waiter, that that person that's always going to look more realistic than if we have an extra play a waiter. So, you know, Muzo and Franks, again, testament to Michael's relationship with the city. He has written about these places for a long time in the book, and they love him for it. So we call them and say, you know, Muzo and Franks are usually they're closed on Monday. So that has been easy. We shoot on Mondays, uh, you know, El Compadre or any other restaurant. We go in there, we maybe shoot for three or four hours and, you know, we pay them yeah. um, for, you know, shutting it down. But they also are very happy 
because we give them promotion. Right. Um, how about, you know, Dupars? I haven't seen Dupars yet. I just mentioned all the time. Du haven't seen it yet. Well, that's because uh, season three on Amazon Prime that drops on April 13 hasn't come out. But Dupar, ah, Dupar is in there. It's coming. It's Farmers coming. Market. It's oh, all yeah. right. It's coming. Um, so let, let's get into some of the cast. Uh, so you've got uh, Titus Wolliver. Yep. Uh, uh, obviously, awesome guy. And then you have uh, Jamie Hector, the yep. two the two main guys. Yep. Uh, you know, if you look at their pasts, uh, other other characters, they've always played the let's just say the real bad boy, as bad as it can get. And now all of a sudden these are officers. Is was that part of the was that part of the plan? Was that something? No, I I think we you know Titus was. He was an early, uh, he was an early name in the casting process. Someone we wanted. He was off shooting a big Transformers movie in Hong Kong, so we couldn't get him into cast. We looked into some other, but we kept coming back to Titus would be it. And this came from Michael Conley, and he's one of those actors you've seen, and he's so good in everything, but he hadn't gotten that like leading role. Uh, and he, he, I think more than anything, he had the eyes when he came in, and we when he read, he just read it very low, and we just looked at his eyes, and you know we kind of looked at the shows like that's Harry Bosch, and it was as simple as that. Um, Jamie Hector, who you know for most people is Marlowe from The Wire, yes. uh, which is yes, you know is. which is The Wire <laughs> for me being the hallmark of television uh, of all times. He. He was the, he was slightly weirder because he's so defined by that role. Um, he came up as a suggestion, uh, and he did what's called a self tape. He you know shot himself in his apartment in New York where he did a presentation, a small scene of Jay Edgar, and we just looked at it and it's like, well, again, that's Jamie Hector. It was a decision made in on five seconds. We saw him, uh, and he was so different than Marlowe, which I think is the hallmark of a good actor. Yeah, like I was can, just going to say, those yeah. two are actors. Yeah, that, there's actors. no doubt about yeah. that. Yeah, they they they've embraced that new role. Um, so anything, I just you know, I I know that the, the you know there's the books. <laughs> Anybody who's like a real fan that's listening right now is going to say, you know, they they'll really pick up that you know there's there's the books. And then there's parts of the books that wind up in the shows. How does that happen? What's the process there? What's the creative uh, deal when the, where they're taking the pieces of the books and making it into the show? Well, it, I think it has started in one way and then it shifted. <clears throat> of course, when we, you know, I did a deal with Michael Conley, I bought the rights to the Harry Bush Bosch universe. At that point, I think it was 18 books. And Michael said to me, you know, and it's like, I want you to use the books. And I was kind of of course, duh. Like I'm buying these books. Like there's a reason why I'm doing this. Like, and he's like, well, most producers like they want like to take the characters. Like, no, we want to do the same thing. Right. So, it really started with in season one and two. We took it's basically two books per season that we can what we call the double helix, where we take an A and a B story and we weave them together. Right. And then we might s steal a character from a book that is unrelated to this, but for the adaptation purposes would fit really good. So we have had like two major storylines that comes out of a book um, and done that. And then of course, as the series has continued, we starting um, the writer's room for season five today, actually. Wow, um, season five today. Season, season five started the writer's room. We have created a version, a slightly alternative version of the book. Bosch book universe. We have changed characters. We have built characters. Right. Irving in in our show is much more uh, present than yes. he is in the books. Um, and Jay know, Edgar. Jay Edgar mm -hmm. and yeah. Harry has a very different, different relationship yes. in, in the books. So we started with 
a number of cast and stories uh, straight out of the books, and then we started tweaking them. And the I think the interesting thing is the writer's room has been so careful with making sure that we grab what's in the book. So Michael Conley at times has said, guys, like, is like not on my account. Like, I think actually this would be better if we toss this storyline and create our own. So he's always said like the DNA of the books and Harry Bosch is what we are, you know, guarding. If we want to add storylines to the books, feel free to do so. And I think that has been lucky because even if you have read the books over and over again, you will be surprised what happens in the show because we twist the storylines like the killer is someone else. Right. Uh, And that works really well. Um, So current events. Uh, So the news, when you guys watch the news or when you're watching the news or the writers are watching news, any of like current events or actual news that you guys are watching, does that actually affect how the show is made in any way? Does there, does any of like the, the current actually filter into the maybe into the writers' room. Yes, it does. Uh, then we, I think, the, the writers of this show, starting with Dan Pine and Eric Overmeyer, our showrunners, are very you know interested in society, the changes, politics, and stuff like that. But we're also mindful that if you take something that is very topical today, um, that and write too much to that. We have a cycle that it's almost a year from we start our writer's room or more than a year from we start our writer's room in March until it airs. It's a one year and one month. Wow. So you don't want to do too topical. But if you look at the season in Michael's book, he wrote the the book Angel's Flight. It's a, you know, mid to I think it's 97 or something like Mm -hmm. that. He wrote it. It's about racial tension. It's about cops uh, killing the wrong person and what that could lead to. That is the foundation of this season. It is super timely. Yeah. And I think that is because Michael has always been interested in, you know, the what's going on in society and reflected that in his books. So we are weirdly timely yeah. with, with the seasons without like, we didn't sit down and say, hey, we should really talk about... Uh, police shootings and you know Black Lives Matter. Right. That wasn't the foundation of the discussion, but that ended up being a big portion of this upcoming season, and it's super timely. So I think that's the answer to it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, any, you know, it it is it is a very gritty show. That's a, probably a good word to use to describe yep. it. Any fun moments on the on the scenes? Anything when they goof around? Uh, I, I I I've actually had the honor of meeting uh, both. Uh, Jimmy Hector and uh, Titus Welliver, yeah. and and they are like I said, they are actors they, in real life. So, is there any? Is, does it ever get light on the on the set? Anything? It, I would say it's light all the time because otherwise you couldn't. We deal with like death and you know the seedy parts of town and you know we shoot in the oddest location mm-hmm. including like the real coroner's office like we shot in the big crypt which has 400 dead bodies we shot in there if wow. you don't have levity on set if you can't joke about it you're not going to you know do this 12 hours a day um you know for 85 days straight so yes it i think besides being great actors and this is not only jamie and um and titus it's it's the whole range from like from from the top down, as we say, it's like good people working on this show. There's like, there's no drama. We don't have time for <laughs> if you can say that on <laughs> on this. No. Uh, oh no, uh, we we don't have time for for people who doesn't have a positive attitude. Positive uh, attitude. Uh, it has to be fun yeah. um, to go to work and work twelve hours. Um, and it happens fun stuff all the time. You know, we've shot in the weirdest places. Uh, I've seen Van Nuys Airport. 
Van Nuys Airport being one of the most like normal places. We shot in the sewers under LA and in tunnels that people don't know exist in the coroner's office and real, you know, cop stations. Um, so you really get to see a side of LA that very few people get to access to, access to, and that's fantastic. And, you know, it's fun. I think maybe that's one of the reasons why some of the uh, the newsy type of people uh, are that that I deal with actually love the show so much because it just was exactly what you said. It is very gritty. It's stuff that you know if you're in the news, you deal with a lot of this yeah. stuff all the time. And then of course the law enforcement. So I think there's a lot of crossover with that. So April thirteenth. That's coming up. Uh, it's a podcast, but yep. at, at this point, April thirteenth is still in the future. Uh, anything, anything you can reveal? Any, 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 anything that could, you know, maybe make mm. the viewers go, "I want to watch," or "I can't believe what's going to happen here." Well, I think it is a yeah. It's definitely without spoilers. It is a season that's going to change forever the dynamic who Harry Bosch is. There's really? a lot. Yes, there's a lot of things that happens in the season that you know, has a profound effect of him as a character, his relationship with his daughter and the people around him. He comes into the season for the ones that saw season th- uh, season three. Um, you know, he knows who killed his mother and that is a person within the, you know, yes. uh, attached to the, to the LAPD and that is going to bug him. And, you know, without any spoilers, he's going to go through this journey and come out a very different person on the other side. It's a... It's a beautiful, I would say it's the most emotional season we have done oh. so far. Um, it, it seems tense. Just in the, in the trailers, you, you can see it's yes. got... And then I was wondering if that was just the way you guys made the trailer, but you know, you don't want to deceive. So it is. The show, this season is going to be tense. Huh? It, it is really going to be tense, uh, very much on an emotional level. It's, um, I think, in, you know, I'm. this is not just... Uh, me saying this as a producer, but I really think that season four is the best season we have done. Um, and um, I know Michael Conley agrees and everyone who's been a part of it, are, we're really happy with the season. Um, so I, I can't wait to see what people, there's going to be things in there that people get like, did that just happen wow. in that season? Yeah. Um, and that, of course, as a producer can go both ways. People's like, did you just do that? Like, And I, they get really mad at you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I think it's a fantastic season. So it, it's uh, it really. Uh, the one time I got to visit the set, um, I got this uh, this real sense. I've been on other sets before, and uh, I, I got this real sense of camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Um, you get that on a lot of them, but it really seemed to be how efficient. You have a lot of extremely talented people, but it's not overblown it's not in a bloated type of situation no. it's like the little show that could and is is did has it always been like that or is it is this like a by design yes it is i mean when you came that was that night shoot at Venice airport so we had it it was a slightly smaller crew than usual um because the location we had some restrictions on how many people we can be so sometimes when you get we look much more like a big feature with you know the hundreds of trailers um, yeah, uh, the, the tens the, of trailers the, the trucks and uh, uh, trailers and all that so we ha- but we try to leave a small as small of a footprint we can because we are shooting we want to if we shoot downtown you know on hill street uh by angels flight and we want the regular world to go on on around us we can have that in the background so like it feels as real and the fewer people and the fewer um street shutdowns we have the more realistic it Mm -hmm. gets again if we can have a waiter play a waiter or a that's how we want to do it so we try to be as 
nimble as possible. But there are days where you know we have two hundred people out there working. I got uh, when the first time we uh, we met there. Uh, well, there's actually there's. I got. I'm trying to make up which which way I want to go with this. But um, so the first time we we hung out, uh, you one of the first things you talked about with me were the little Easter eggs in the show. Mm-hmm. Is there any anything you can toss out there, maybe for the for the listener that that might be the viewer as well, something to look for in um, the upcoming season or in general? And, you know what? We should do the we should do the what what it, what the Easter egg is. But if you have if you know any way well, you want to play, I, I, well, I think there's small small details in this show. It's not Easter eggs, but it's like if you really pay attention. And I've met people who picked up on it. For instance, every time we shoot inside of Harry's house, like one of the big questions we all get is like, how can Harry live in such an expensive well, house? They explain it. He yeah. he he got the money from he, a movie. For, for he got the right. He sold the rights to one of his cases back in the days. So that's called the Black. Echo. So if you look in Harry's living room, there's a po- movie poster of the movie Black Echo. And yep. if you do a freeze frame, you will see, you know, the producers credited on that. <laughs> I apparently produced that movie because I'm credited on. on well, he's not a fan of that on, movie. Just no, so he's not. Know. But he's he has it. But he movie. has it there. So, you know, there's posters there. There's been occasions where we put Conley books or, you know, f- friends of Michael's Lee Childs, yep. uh, Stephen King, like we put their books in a specific location so if you freeze frame you can see it you can it. see that stuff uh there is well one small detail that is fun and it's you know i take pride at it is on in harry's kitchen counter there is a jar filled of empty shell casings that's right in the books harry every time he's been to a cop's funeral he p- picks a- up one of those that is the same jar that i brought to my first meeting meeting with michael conley full of shell casings to showcase that i got the details of what was important yeah. Uh, which Michael said, and you know, afterwards when we got to know each other, that that was kind of a moment where he he thought I was the right guy to do this. You know, it, it shows you that the, the fan base for this. Uh, when you do the Wikipedia, I, I I saw it on Google. I wish I would have like bookmarked the page so I could really be precise. But they actually have something in there where it talks about the character, Bosch's character, and what music he listens to mm-hmm. on the turntable yep. that he listens to with the type of amp. And uh, it just kind of shows you, like the the people that are that are watching this show are real fans. These yeah. are the people that they they are, they are following the details. And when we talk, they will understand like the little things that we're picking up. And um, it, but that's the thing you don't want to cross those lines. Um, when I came to this, when I when you asked me over there, I don't know if we if anybody ever said this to you, but so you asked me to the to the set that night. And you hadn't arrived yet, and uh, it was it, for anybody of the listeners. Uh, I based out of Van Nuys Airport, and they were shooting at Van Nuys Airport, and I got a the gracious invitation. So I, I shirked my duties and <laughs> told uh, told them I was unavailable and went to the other side of the airport. So I pull up and I see the there you know the, the the area you guys are shooting, and I pull up and there's this nondescript. Uh, Crown Victoria, and I'm thinking, you know, it's got probably the security because you're not just going to be shooting, you know. And so I pull up kind of almost behind the car and I get out and I'm walking over and, and the people are, you know, coming out of the woodworks grabbing me. And I'm thinking, well, OK, you know, they just don't want me walking. And I'm just trying to say hi. And, and I'm looking over and I'm looking over and I'm thinking, why do they got two security guards? And then I also thought, usually the security guards are little, let's just say bigger people. And these are like very fit and sitting up straight. And I'm looking, I'm like, 
Oh my God, that's Titus. Oh my God, that's Jamie. And I and then I realized I had just walked right into the set while you guys were shooting, and that's so fantastic. it was it was uh, it was it was a big faux pas on my part. But well, I, here, here's I can add to that. So I arrived, you know, five minutes after you, and I did the same thing. But I drove into the set. You didn't know this. I came with the car in, and it, like someone was waving. I kind of waved to them. He just drove past. Hey. And then I see like Titus and uh, Jamie sitting in the car. And it's like oh sh, you know. <laughs> So you were not the only one that night. Well, it just it's an testament to how realistic, yes, yes. how realistic these shoots yeah. are. Um, so you know, you got uh, we, we've been we've been hyping on the uh, on the two major characters. If you, in the books, uh, that's the thing too. You you said you you change things around. Uh, one of the things that if anybody's reads uh, uh, anybody is listening, I'm sure is reading the uh, the Connolly books. All the characters overlay and i think that is amazing are we going to ever see any of these other characters kind of arrive on on the on the shows um yeah i think so uh but it, since we build we have you know amy akino plays billet who does like such a tremendous job of that and that character is a bit of a composite towards from from several characters and so we have established our universe so some characters might come in, but we don't have enough space to, right. you know, to get them all in there. So we've been talking about this. It would be great to see, you know, Kima come in or, you know, um, not Kima. Um, oh, I'm dropping on it. Michaela? Uh, no, Michaela is it from another universe. So that's interesting. There are, since Michael has the Lincoln lawyer. Right. And now Renee Ballard and then... Um, the poet universe as well, which right. is um, the the third kind of universe that Michael's created. They are all in the same and interact. But since Lincoln Lawyer, for instance, was made as a movie, we don't have the rights to certain oh, characters. So okay. Mickey Haller can't, can't would, show up. I would love if we could get Matthew McConaughey to come in and just like nod to Harry down at the course, like, hey, brother, how's it going? <laughs> But for much bigger reasons and above my pay grade, that right. is not going to happen. Yeah, um, that's a shame. Yes, it, it is. is. And and also we know things. Uh, again, I do, it, for the people that aren't uh, aren't fans, you should be fans. I got to tell you, this is one of those things where uh, you just get sucked into their universe, and you really it's it. it you said noir. I almost thought a little bit in, and I mean this in the most positive way, novella, because mm -hmm. these are people, and they have their quirks, and they have their lives, and they all start to intertwine in the books. And yep. you get sucked in. You really do, and you begin. It's like you almost know these people. When I met uh, Mr. Wellover for the first time, I thought I was meeting uh, the band. Uh, I was actually there was that moment of not you know not letdown, but more of a. Gosh, Stu, how stupid are you? Because when I showed up, I was expecting to meet Harry Bosch. I love that. And and then it's you meet Titus Welliver, yeah. and you're like, all of a sudden, you're like, you're not Bosch, you know? And then you're like, wait, 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 wait. Oh, God. <laughs> but um, no, but, but for me, it's I mean, one of the most gratifying things to hear is people like you that hadn't read the books, because you know, for us, it's fantastic that we have. Michael Conley's fans coming into it, but our mission as TV producers is, of course, to expand this universe yeah, yeah. for Amazon to bring in. So people that find the show and loves it for a TV show and then realize, hey, there's a whole other universe, you know, universe with the books and becomes right. fan of, that is really the ultimate goal for for yep. this, to to cater to the hardcore fans like, you know, I myself was once, uh, you know, back in the days, but then 
let new people just enjoy a really good TV show and then <clears throat> discover the books. Right, and it also it makes filler, you know, yes. because uh, you know, the, it, obviously, the, in the old days we had to wait a week for every episode. Now they just drops in a big bomb, and a lot of people just we just binge. I, yeah. I'm I'm that guy. Yeah. I will sit there and watch as much as I can. But then you always have the books to fall back on, at least in this In case. between seasons, you can read the books. Yeah. 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 So April 13th. April 13th. It's a big day. And, uh, and, it, and this one is loosely based on which Angel's book? Flight. Angel's, Angel's Flight. Flight. It's a lot based on Angel's Flight. The main, char- like the main case and the main characters are all from Angel's Flight. And then we've added both storylines from previous season that we kind of wrap up in this and added some new stuff to it. So, so, so if you read the books... You're not going to get the answer. No, nope, basically you're what not. you're saying. It's you're gonna, not. There's going to be a twist. There's going to be a big twist. So, it, you know what? I I could, uh, like I said when we first started, I wish we'd be sitting over a, a, a glass of scotch or something, and I'd we could just it. keep going and going. There's so much uh, more to talk about, but uh, I I thank you for your time. Thank immensely. you for having me. I and, really enjoyed it. And uh, any of the Bosch fans that are out there right now, uh, the books are amazing. If you haven't touched on it, everybody that I've spoken to or interacted with, they all say. I, the series and the books, and usually it's the other way around. I did it in the reverse because I'm, you know, I'm not that educated. So, but uh, anyway, thank you so much. Thank you, Henrik Baskin. Everybody, that was incredible. I, uh, I I've been told that I was uh, sitting here starry-eyed and just uh, into this conversation like you have no idea. The, the character and to realize that this guy actually brought Bosch to television is was just amazing. So. Pod, this one's done. It's in the can. It's over. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your tell your your family. Tell your friends. Tell the people you you know. Tell the tell the grocer, the, the guy bagging your groceries. Uh, just tell them. Subscribe. Uh, and the more the better. Uh, we love to share the love, and uh, we're going to be bringing you more insights into some people. Uh, we're going to get to meet some other. We have some others in, coming up. I'm telling you, good stuff. Can't say names because we don't know the order, but there's good stuff coming. So stick around, subscribe, and just make sure you hit those like buttons. CBSLA, everything. Anything CBSLA, subscribe to it, especially on social media.